Welcome to American Reds, Tribal Rants, unofficial podcast for the FX series, The Americans. I'm Michelle. And I'm Mike. And tonight we're podcasting for the third time, The Americans, Season 5, Episode 5, called Lotus 123. But we call it Groundhog Day. <laughs> this episode was directed by Stan, which is pretty cool, and written by Joshua Brand and Joe Weisberg. And produced so. by Adderholt. <laughs> it wasn't produced by Adderholt. The air date was April 4th, 2017. So what did you think about this episode? Um, well, the first two times I podcasted it with you, I kind of I kind of liked it. I I like all the episodes. I thought this one was uh this one was there was a lot of revelations in this in this episode. Yeah, it seemed kind of sad to me, or maybe it's just sad because we're doing it again and again and kind of reliving and wallowing in this misery i kind of felt like this was the episode of disenchantment (laughs) did you now i did i did i know that comes as a revelation Mm. and a surprise to you what how so (laughs) certainly with the sex that both philip and elizabeth were having with other people there was a lot of disconnect in that Paige and her relationship with matthew philip with everything that that they're being asked to do and the mistakes that are going on. Oleg with his KGB division and what's going on with him having to go along with this situation with the Afghanistan soldier that he's uncomfortable with. Misha looking up and seeing Gabriel instead of Philip sitting there on the park bench. Absolutely. Mm. Oleg and his father trying to play the dating the dating. Stan and Adderholt, they're disillusioned with their job and the difference that it's making. And they, I think they want to make a difference. And I don't know that they feel like they are in their assignments that they're in right now. So it just seemed like there was a lot going on about like situations not living up to expectations at all. No, I think you're, I think you're right. I think you hit, the, hit it on the head. I think that's what this was about. And we know, of course, that Lotus One Two Three. Yes, it's not just a yoga position. It's not. It was a early version of a Microsoft spreadsheet. Yeah, it's a spreadsheet application and something like that. Yeah, kind of like uh, the the uh, grandfather of Excel. Yeah, yeah, I think that, that that is what I read. So, are you ready to just dive into this episode I'm ready again? To dive in again to this episode? Okay. Yes. We start off with Gus and Deidre in a restaurant. So I just can't call him Gus. We gotta call him Gus. I can't. He does not. He doesn't. Okay. He doesn't look like a Gus. Let's call him uh, Clark 2.0. I think they're looking for Clark Westerfeld. That's right. Okay, so we can't call him Clark. We'll blow his cover. We'll just call him Gus. It's one syllable. <laughs> Gus. He's kind of Gus looking. He doesn't don't you think? Look, no, you don't think? No, and Deidre doesn't look like a Deidre either. Like Are a, you saying Deidre is a double agent? No, she looks more like a Penelope, though, or something like that. Hmm. Olive, maybe. Okay, I could go with Olive. Yeah. Gus is looking at a VA hospital budget spreadsheet, and he's got it all spread out of the table because, you know, that's, I guess, like geek for romance or something. They get awfully romancy pretty soon but uh he it's interesting here that he told her the truth where he works he works for the government he just didn't tell her which government he didn't tell her which government she didn't ask no no she didn't 
you did not ask. But she's telling him that he needs to get computerized, and she'll show him a program called Lotus One Two Three, which of course was cutting edge, I suppose, in the day. Cutting edge, hard to use those. I remember it was not very intuitive. Well, I mean, a lot of things have changed. Then we go to the scene where Elizabeth, as stewardess Eckert, is showing Evgenia how to make a casserole. And they're, you know, chatting it up. And she's talking about, oh, I used to make my own tomato sauce, and now I buy it out of a jar. And they talk about eggplant a couple times in this episode, too. I thought that was kind of a odd vegetable to bring up. She brings it up here that Pasha won't like eggplant or something if she tells him. Elizabeth said, just don't tell him. Yeah, just yeah. don't tell him. But here we find out that Alexi has put in a good word for Evgenia to get a job as a Russian language instructor for specialists who study agriculture in the Soviet Union. So he's trying to get her a job in a situation, in a position that would put her in a situation that she would be extremely valuable to the Eckerts. Yes, to Philip and Elizabeth. Right. So that's quite a little juicy tidbit of information. It's really the only... This is really the only, like upside to them of this episode well that and henry i guess well when they find out about the wheat what's really oh they're devastated over that though yeah but that's it's a it's a positive thing in general then we see gus thinking about thoughts that you wouldn't normally think your lover would be thinking about when he's with deidre well are you talking about when he had the the flashback or the yeah to the, his child memory the, yeah that what was that that the guy walked in with it looked like at first Dad. i thought it was rocks and then it looked like like horse droppings and and he comes in with it and then you find out they're gonna eat it they set it by the fire to i guess soften it up and heat it up a little bit and and eat this yummy looks like and then it looked like dung to you <laughs> At first, at first, I thought it was rocks. I, I, I did too, and like then, a lava rock or they, something. Yeah, and then they put it in front of the fire, and, and now they're going to eat it. And Philip or Gus go into this memory while he's having sex with Deidre. tells him tells you a lot about his interest in having sex with Deidre. Well, all I can say is that Philip, considering his thought process. And the fact that he's able to perform as he's performing has had some superior training. And I am quite impressed with with Philip. I don't know if I'm impressed situation. or I just feel sorry for the guy. He's a, tra- he's a trained professional. He's skilled. He's summoning all of, his, all of his special powers for this particular assignment. Well, I think they did show us a long time ago the links, the links that they put them through to be able to perform sexually but good grief that kind of took me by surprise but as soon as they're done i mean i don't think deidre had any complaints and then she immediately offers hey you want to i mean to show you a lotus yeah i mean yeah baby talk dirty to me yep and then we go in the intro well we come back and this is where Stan and Adderholt are having that conversation with Wolf about how they're doing nothing, how they're failing at everything they do. And they're Wolf's still getting giving kudos, them, yeah. yeah. Attaboys and kudos. And says it's, uh, Wolf says it's harder out of the residentura 
trying to infiltrate the KGB that it's not. Yeah, because because Stan is complaining and and Wolf's pointing out. Well, you know, you were you were on the inside looking out the first time, and now you're trying to come to KGB sideways. So it's different. Yeah, I think Stan is feeling like a failure for the first time, maybe in his job. He doesn't have these constant interactions that seem important. Secret meetings with high-level Russian officials. Is right. That yeah. Now that's over. Oleg's gone, so so is Stan's status. Well, if um, Wolf says it's not a high-percentage game, and all we have to do is scare them to win... He says, if nothing else, they keep the KGB busy and in, and irritated, and that's their job. And that's where Stan says, we're busy and irritated, too. So, Right. Yeah. And Wolf sits there with a really straight face and says, that's a good joke. Yeah, Wolf's not really the life of any party. Then we go to the scene where Philip and Elizabeth are meeting with Mr. Jeffries, the math teacher. This is really interesting. I think I mentioned that this might happen last episode we podcasted yeah i think you did you know what happens is they go in and instead of henry being in trouble or behind he's actually ahead way ahead and jeffries wants to bump him up into the algebra 2 class right into an advanced math class philip and elizabeth are a little shocked yeah and they go out to the car and philip's got a little father-like thing to say about it yeah i was good at math yeah <laughs> I don't know why you're so surprised, Elizabeth. Of course the boy took after me. Well, Elizabeth, too. Our Henry. Yeah. Our Henry. Yeah, they're pretty proud of him. Who would have thunk it? Well, picture it. You know, you go in to see a teacher, and you think they're going to... I mean, they call you in. And usually when they call you in, it is not for accolades. It's usually because they want to complain to you about something. So it's really nice, I'm sure. And this is where Elizabeth tells him about Evgenia, and she's getting a job as the language instructor at the Department of Agriculture. Yeah, Philip can't believe they're good fortune either. Yeah, he's... I mean, they're, they just light up with this. This is like a gift. Big gift. So Elizabeth and Philip go on home, and they run into Renee, Stan, and Matthew, who are going to see Romancing the Stone. Romancing the Stone. You remember that movie? Vaguely. It's kind of like a Indiana Jones knockoff. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Who was in it? Michael Douglas and... I forget the uh, fe- is it female. Catherine something? Hepburn? I'm thinking not. Maybe. No, it wasn't Catherine Hepburn. I'm being silly. Was it the same woman that was in War of the Roses? Was it? I don't know. You're good with faces. I don't I, know if you can just, I should have looked it up. Nah. Yeah. Well, they invite Philip and Elizabeth to go along, but they beg off and say we'll do it next weekend but this is where renee says oh sorry can't do it next weekend next weekend we're going fly fishing yeah yeah she's uh she's definitely a russian russian plant (laughs) uh philip says i didn't know you fly fish and stan goes well i don't she's like i'm gonna teach him so she is kathleen turner kathleen turner so i was kind of right wasn't i and danny devito Cool. I don't remember Danny DeVito, do you? I really don't really remember the movie a lot. Just just vaguely little pictures of it. So, Philip and Elizabeth go in and offer to order celebratory Chinese food yep. to Henry. They're so excited. 
But because they're so surprised. Oh, Henry, dear, we're so surprised. Said it twice, and that yeah. was enough for Henry. Yeah, hurt his little baby feelings. Yeah, you said that already. I'm going to go over here now. Yeah, I'm going to go over here, and I'm going to show my teenage angst. Well, they're a little shocked because, I mean, Henry's the guy who doesn't do his homework and wants to play video games. And Paige is the one that's always studying and got the books opened up. Right. And here's Henry. He doesn't, you know, it's like, kind of like Bo Jackson playing football. Doesn't have to come to practice. Just shows up and, and wins the game. Well, it's kind of cool, too, because Henry says that he likes math. Yep. I'm good at it. Yeah. Um, and I, I like it. And his mom said, well, you're good at it. So that's probably why you like it. Yeah. And that's kind of true. I heard that one time. Somebody said, name one thing that you're really good at and you probably like it. And, of course, the the conversation was about get good at something and then you won't mind doing it. I don't remember in what context it was. But I thought that was pretty kind of profound because it's kind of true. Anything that you're really good at, you may not love it, but you don't mind it because you're competent and you're good at it. So... But I think that's not really the point with Henry. I think Henry just found maybe his niche, something that he just happens to be good at. I think you're right. Then we see Stan and Renee having some pillow talk, and they're talking about did Renee know about her husband's infidelity? A lot of infidelity going on in this episode, too. I mean, there are always Well, is, yeah, I mean, some of it's... Uh, past. Well, it... It's mission oriented, and some of it's just something that you know conversationally they're 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 talking about. Well, yeah, and most of it's in the past. If it's not mission oriented, maybe all of it even. If it's not mission oriented, like you said, but but they do bring it up a couple times. And Stan is asking her if she knew that her husband was cheating on her, and she said she had no idea, but it was easy just to ignore it and not see it. And she asked him about Sandra knowing, and he says that she probably knew for a while. He kind of fleshes that out as they're talking, but he just kind of lied to himself. Yeah. And then she's like, Stan, you seem so tense. What's going on? He's like, oh, just work stuff. Yeah, and tell me about it, and you can be vague, don't worry. I know it's FBI stuff, but just give me a hint. And he was pretty vague, but he said that he got a little aggressive with the thing he said to his boss, and he might have said too much, but it'll work out. And we assume he's talking about the deputy AG thing, where he told him about shooting... The kid in the head, yeah. The, yeah, the new diplomat. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what he was talking about. That's the only thing he could have been talking about. And across the road, uh, Philip Kravitz is looking out the window... He's looking out. He says, the Jeep's still there and the lights are off. <laughs> I don't know what those kids are doing in there, but it's not good. And this is where he says that they've been giving the center a lot of detailed reports about Stan, and they know Stan's type of woman and all that. I'm wondering if Philip's not just going, okay, this one's too good to be true. This bouncy blonde who loves sports, sports and beer. And fly fishing and right. being one of the guys. and Yeah, this seemingly perfectly designed woman right elizabeth says it's crazy to think that they sent her and philip doesn't agree i don't think but i don't know if elizabeth agrees either i think she says that but she's kind of like that's crazy i think it's possible i think it's yeah. probable well we go to a commercial and it's fargo 
Fargo commercial. They always put these Fargo commercials in here. It's pretty cool. But this season looks like it's going to be pretty good. Pretty gory and quirky and all the things that make for interesting Fargo TV. Yeah, and it looks like Ewan McGregor is playing dual roles, playing the, the brothers that are, that are sitting there at the desk talking back and forth to each other. It's the, same, it's the same actor. That is really cool. Yeah, I didn't notice that. But it comes on the 19th of this month, so we just got a couple weeks left. And Mike from West Coast Project and I get to podcast Fargo when we do it over on West Coast Project. So if you love Fargo or if you want to know why you should give it a shot, check out our Fargo TV podcast over at westcoastproject.com. And I'll put a link to that in our show notes so you can find us over there. But it's a really good show, and Mike and I, even though we don't podcast it here, we do watch it and really discuss it and love it, and it's a good show. I like it a lot. Well, we come back, and this is where Oleg and Ruslan, the expert interrogator... We shall call him Mr. Personality. He is. He is, and he always wears the cool hats. The uncool hats. Well, they're speaking with the man from the food distribution place that has the son in Afghanistan and they talk about his car evidently the guy drives a Volga Volga yeah which is like a sought after like a the Russian state car a symbol the, yeah, the Russian that, of style yeah, and success yeah the car that was manufactured there for Russians by Russians it really is a cool looking car if you look it up I don't know anything about I know that the, I think they they started building them in like 56 mid 50s something like that yeah and uh, I don't know if they've ever stopped production. Do you know that? I don't know. I don't know that. They obviously were building them in the 80s. They are really cool-looking cars, though. They're, of course, like European-looking, like kind of BMW-y, kind of Volvo-y. That, I don't know if those are really the same, but maybe a, I don't um, know. No. You, know I'm not good, you know I'm not good at that. No, but obviously. <laughs> but, but they are really neat-looking cars, and... So, this guy has a car that's kind of out of his league. But we know this guy is doing favors, right? We know he's getting kickbacks. Yeah. And they want the names of who? They want because names. they want the higher-ups. They don't want the lady that they got his name from, and they don't really want him. They want to find out the big people. Yeah, they want to follow it on up. And he's like, I wish I could help you gentlemen, but I'm busy here. And they're like, okay, well, we know you have a son in Afghanistan. Do you want to talk about him? Kind of. Uh, mm-hmm. That stops him. Yeah, but he didn't, he didn't turn over. No, it pissed him off. He said, hey, look, you want to arrest me? Arrest me. Otherwise, going back to work. Right. Russell says to give him a couple days to think about his son and see if he comes in. Now, do you think this guy's going to come in and talk? Possibly. Well, Ruslan says to him, he says, we can make things easier on your son there. He says it in a way that's not threatening, but I think we know. It implies they can also make things harder. That's a good point. Then we go to Misha. Misha walking in the drizzle through a not great part of the city. And he goes in the phone booth and he calls Joan. And he says, this is Stassi McAllister, and I need to see Dr. Walters. And Joan's like, what? Repeat yeah. that? This is evidently, like, we find out a little bit later on, this is the signal from his mother, the emergency signal to Philip. I don't know how they remember all this stuff. 
Well, Joan did, and she pulled out a piece of paper. But yeah, Joan had a a, a guide. Right, <laughs> the Russian guide to the Russian cheat sheet. So she tells him to call back tomorrow at four, and she hangs up. And then we go to Brenda slash Elizabeth, and Ben is cooking fata. Meat soup. Meat soup. Egyptian meat soup. Fancy peasant food. Fancy. Garlic and vinegar. Mmm, sounds Mm, delicious. mm. It's kind of interesting, though, because it is a meal that's prepared for special occasions, such as to celebrate a woman's first pregnancy or weddings or whatever. And it's frequently a break-fast meal. They do it after fasts and stuff. And it's kind of neat that he was making this nice celebratory meal to be with Brenda. If that's all it takes, I guess. You know, that's Ben's a real impressive guy. Well, she also notes that they're drinking Egyptian wine, Omar Khayyam. And I looked up Omar Khayyam and found that this was a a scientific genius of sorts for his time. He lived from 1048 to 1131, so it was really back in the day. And he had a lot of notable things about him. But the one thing that I thought was really interesting to this episode was that he made major advances in algebra. Yeah, and uh, it's, this is the episode where we find out Henry is excelling in right. algebra. So that was kind of appropriate. He was also a poet of sorts, and he had the the line that we still see many times, a jug of wine, a loaf of bread, and thou. And this was like from, you know, that many years ago. Cayenne became so admired in the West that in 1963, the Shah of Iran had his grave exhumed, and his remains moved to a huge purpose-built mausoleum where tourists could pay homage to the great poet. But anyway, I thought that was kind of neat that even the bottle of wine, the name of the wine, was had meaning in it. That's what I love about the writers of this show. There's so many little little tidbits. You can look up almost anything or anything that you may know about because, I mean, some of the listeners may have known about this scientist and just the things that you'd know and how that would resonate with you with the way they ride it's always just fascinating and it's like little little treats that they drop all the way through each episode it's really detail oriented i'll give you that well ben's gone on and on about traces of wine being found in king tut's tomb and then he turns around he says i'm boring am i being boring i don't know when to stop and all this kind of howdy ben Then he asks about her, so tell me about you. And Elizabeth does this thing that people do when they don't want to tell you anything, but they want to have a conversation about it and don't want it to seem like that. She says, well, I've never been to Egypt. I don't know a thing about wine, but I do know what I like. We also found out here that he was in the Peace Corps. Yep, so we know he's idealistic. And he tried, well, he says realistic. He's a realist. And uh, that he traveled to Egypt. He seemed to have like a fascination with with Egypt. He's a realistic idealistic. Oh, okay. But about this time, we start getting the Rolling Stones slave. Playing slave. And we kind of go back and forth between Brad and Twan playing football out in the front yard. And they're really, that's just a guise for them watching for the car. Twan mentions that. That's that's the one of the guys. One right. of the surveillance cars that 
just drove by. And then we go back to Elizabeth and, and Ben. And she's not having a whole lot more fun than, than Gus. Gus was having no. with Deidre. No, she's looking around the room, taking inventory and looking at his little carvings and pictures and and finally looks at his work boots and what do you think that was focused on the work boots there at the end um i don't know i don't either so then we go to Paige and philip eating chinese again Paige is getting leftover chinese leftover asian food because you know it's the best kind and was it also kind of funny that Philip is eating Asian food with Paige, but he's eating McDonald's with Tuan? Uh, no, that's, that is pretty funny. <laughs> Paige goes on about how being with Matthew doesn't make her feel better. It makes her feel worse. And then she does that teenage thing where, I don't know if it's just that Matthew's not right for me or if I'm just destined to be alone my whole life. Yeah, she turns into a drama queen age and, and walks away. She does, but you know what? Having daughters that's just at that age, that's just not that unbelievable. What was kind of funny was how sad and how serious Philip kind of took it. Because I see the girls say things to you sometimes that kind of get your attention like that. Well, we go to a commercial and we come back, and this is where Gabriel and Claudia are in their Russian by mode sitting in a dark car in front of a, a train going by and they're talking about Misha and how he used his mom's emergency code to get a hold of Philip and Claudia is saying that he's unstable he's already been in trouble for speaking out his mother defected he got arrested and now he's coming to see a father he never met and it's just too risky but we know that's not really it's not really about Misha with her she's worried about Philip's Philip. continued effectiveness. It's funny, Claudia and Gabriel, when they get together anywhere, they look like a couple of Russian spies getting together. No, they, I mean, no matter where they go, don't you think? Sitting in a parked car. Um, maybe, yeah. Sitting at the park, yeah. I mean, wherever they're at. Walking hand in hand. Well, they talk about when he tells Philip that he was put in a psychiatric institution for saying the war was a joke, what's yeah. going to happen then? Yeah, what do you think, Philip? Because Gabriel wants it to be up to Philip. Gabriel, he does. Gabriel wants to include Philip in the decision that they make, but Claudia doesn't even want it to get anywhere close to that, and she wants to nip this thing right now. So what do you think? Do you think Philip would be as upset as they think Philip would be in that situation? If uh, he found out what they had done to Misha? I don't I don't know. I mean, there's, there's no telling. I mean, he, I, who knows? But Claudia is right. They can't let Misha get anywhere close to Philip. Well, they're calling Philip shaky. And she also brings up the fact that he's got some things in his file. He's got some bad evaluations, and and we're just going to complicate things with this Misha thing, and we just can't let it can't let it get any further than it already is. And and she, as far as operationally, she's right. She's she's right. You can't you can't have this kid hanging around with a thick Russian accent across the street <laughs> from Stan. Stan Beeman, and you know who's this guy? You know, and this kid, you know, he's had no training. He doesn't know the the depth of their their activities. He's well, he's not a part of this. This no. is not his. No, but all he would do would draw attention, unwanted attention to them, and they can't have that. But they talk about what a miserable trip that would have had to have been for him to get here. No walk in the park. 
my thought process on it is they're going to have a hard time keeping Misha from him or from being able to find out who he is and contact him. I think eventually he'll make it to Philip. And I think that Gabriel might rue the day of this upcoming scene where he turns him away because at least it could be in a controlled environment where he gets to meet him in place of however half-cocked it may end up being and however desperate Misha might be. And we have to think about him. Misha, he got, you know, he like put his very life in danger and he got robbed. Remember the guy took mm-hmm. more of his money and all this kind of stuff. And now he's here. He's come this far. Of course, I mean, what does he have to go back home to? They weren't showing a lot there. No, he's got nothing to go back home to. Unlike Oleg, who goes back home and his father set up the dating game at the kitchen table. That was... Awkward. And they were just as happy as they could be. They thought it was a good idea. Three women at one time? What was the purpose of that? I'm liking the way the dad thinks. And he introduces them to all, and of course Oleg's like, like contestant number one, contestant <laughs> number two, contestant number three, and number three tries to get a little chatty with Oleg, and Oleg's and polite, but he summons Dad into the other room and says, "What the hell are you doing? What is? What are you doing?" Oleg, with all he's got going on, and now he's having to deal with this matchmaking from his dad. He ends up telling him, "Just stay out of my private life." And Dad says, "You're just as stubborn as your mother," and walks away. Yeah, his dad's not not very happy with him. And after he walks away, Oleg looks at that picture of his brother in uniform. He stands there kind of staring at that. And Oleg's life's really taken a turn. Yes. In the last little bit. And see, we know about Stan and what Stan did last time. The, the fight Stan's put up for Oleg. But Oleg doesn't have any idea. We have to remember that. Oleg, Oleg has is, no clue. Right. He's still just as in the dark over that so he still has this looming over him and on his head and as far, the as, other... he, as, far as he's aware sure and next we go to philip in his travel agency office and he gets the call from elizabeth slash brenda yeah and you had mentioned to me earlier that the dude that opens the door and gives him the message sounds like he's some kind of damn russian spy you know he's got some kind of thick russian european uh eastern block accent right i had said in one of the previous podcasts that we recorded that they could almost even put misha just in this office because it sounds he would fit in there it could be somebody's cousin from somewhere or something if they were really looking for i know yeah but the employees would say who's this dude that doesn't know anything about anything and can't speak english that's that wouldn't work either i mean it would just take a couple of just a little investigation to find out no you don't think the employees are in on this? No, the employees don't. No, of course not. Well, how much actual travel agenting do they do? Well, they send people all over the country. It's one of the most popular travel agencies in. Ah, do you, the, do you know the name the of their travel DC agency? area? Yeah, it's called uh, Ruski Travel okay. Agency. But Elizabeth is asking him if everything's okay, and and he's like, "Is everything okay with you?" And they're just, this is an odd occurrence, and. She just finally comes out and says she misses him. That whole interaction that she had with Ben, I think, made her miss Philip. Just like the interaction that Philip had with Deidre made him miss Elizabeth. I think you're exactly right. They, they both they, they are having similar experiences with that type 
that, that, that component of the mission. I, right. I, I promise you, you can see it. Because, you know, he was taken aback that she stopped in the middle of the mission to call him. Right. And say, hey, I miss you. I mean, you right. could tell he was a little, uh, okay. Well, yeah. I mean, and... And then he starts sharing with her. He opens up about his his um, his recent memories that he's had, his flashbacks where he's he's going back and he's trying to make sense of it. And, and, and she's trying to help him. You know, right. Talking about it, having a conversation about what it all means. Right. And I think he felt maybe close to her because she called him. And so he's sharing that with her in that instance because she called to tell him her feelings and her thoughts. So I thought that was that was kind of cool. Yeah. But you could tell in this one that she did want him to remember Russia fondly. She's like, well, he was bringing home clothing and food. That's a good thing, right? Yeah. She's trying to put a happy face on the uh, the uh, bread balls. <laughs> Is that what we're going to call them? That which shall not be spoken of. Then Misha, he shows up uh, again at the phone booth. Yep. He's on time. He's, He's on calling time. Joan and... He's going to get a meeting tomorrow at 11 o'clock at Best Truman Park. And, yep. And that's the end of that. And Joan hang, hangs up. She's quick to end these conversations. Well, we go to a commercial and we come back. And Renee has schmoozed her way into drinks with Stan and Adderhold because she's... She's one of the boys. One of the boys. Yep. She's just a big sports nut, fly fisherman, and drinking beers and talking smack. Yep. And- well, here she's talking about how she was in it for 11 years and Adderholt says he was in it for seven. And they talk about, was there any collateral damage? And Renee says, no, just her. And then what we see them talking about collateral damage is children. children. Yeah. Because they start talking about how Stan's the one who's... Right. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. That was a little unsettling. Yeah. And she wants to leave because she has an early aerobics class tomorrow. And Stan walks away and Adderhold's talking to her, kind of talking Stan up. Oh, he's not normally this bad. It's just, you know, stress at work. And So Philip's out there in the car watching him. And he was out of disguises, so he got his Santa beard out of the attic. And I thought it was a great disguise. No, I did too. I thought I thought this was one of his real... Because when they showed this, this profile, I thought it was somebody else. Yeah, I did too. And then when they showed him, I thought, you know what? Even... You can tell it's Philip, but you have to look closely. Right. But you would have to, he would have to disguise himself that well to be surveilling Stan. Right. Anywhere in the vicinity Stan was, he'd have to be heavily disguised. So that was, you know, he, he wasn't just wearing, you know, a Groucho nose and a, you know, the, 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 the standard disguise, you know. The, right. The, the hair clip. The, and right. The, the hair clip and the, and the different wig and. And some eyeglasses. This was a pretty elaborate. No, he looked really yeah, different he, he, in this. Really good one. job. And we also have to assume here that he's taking this on his, taking this on on his own, right? Right. Because they want to know. No, he's running this operation, and he's he's enlisted a few of his helpers, and of course they wouldn't know that this well, this is an operation that was ordered from the Kremlin or ordered by whoever. Right. All they know is what Phillip they always know. It. Philip says, "Hey, tonight we're going here and." I need you to do this, and I need you to be here, and we're going to be following this person just on my lead. And so this is a Philip-only operation. I'm sure he shares it with Elizabeth, but what I mean is he's the one who Mm -hmm. hatched this plan. Yeah, they didn't have enough to do with everything else they were doing. No, they they got a full plate. And I'm like you. I'm wondering if they're still running the operation with Kimmy. 
But we need to learn that walkie signal language that they that's do. That's Morse code. That's just Morse I don't code. think they're doing... Yeah, no, Morse because I, I, somebody else could pick that up and know what they're doing, but they just do something on that. I think I think we should develop our own walkie signal code. Like walkie we, signal got, We don't have language. enough to do. <laughs> I mean, we're, yeah. we're, we're podcasting there three times a day now. Yeah. Well, then we go to the scene with Matthew and Paige. Matthew's trying to be a young Ben here. Trying to be schmoozer, yeah. I don't know. I think he's just trying to appeal to her, and then she's not having any. She doesn't want to go to the mall. She doesn't want to get anything to eat. Paige is moody. He's worried he's lost his appeal for sure. Yeah. He asked her. Yeah. Are you tired of me? And she says she's scared. She never had a boyfriend before. She doesn't know how to do this. Yes, you do know how to do this. I kind of liked Matthew in this one, though, but I liked Ben, too. And then we see Renee locking up her car and going into what we assume is her apartment and Philip driving by and watching her, disguised Philip. Yes, Santa. And then we see Ben, who's making s'mores for him and Elizabeth in front of the fireplace. Pantless Ben making s'mores. Pantless Peace Corp, Egypt traveling, exotic food cooking, scientist. Am I boring Ben? Yeah. And this is where Elizabeth says, so what do you do exactly? Says he's saving the world. Yep. And she's like, no pants. Yeah. Yeah, right. Well, must not take them. He says when he was in the Peace Corps, he traveled around and he saw starving children because crops failed. For various reasons. Right. So he's currently engaged in developing stronger crops uh, that are more insect resistant and resistant to wind and rain and just everything. And of course, what we know is that later on they these these crops that they develop they go into the uh, they this is where the genetically modified stuff started i would imagine that it would eventually turn into that i think this is maybe like the beginning steps of that right because and they for are everybody modifying. who doesn't know what genetically modified food is it's where they put the pesticide in the food so when they're they grow the wheat the wheat contains the pesticide so when the bug eats the wheat the bug dies so they don't or the spr- bugs just repelled so they don't have to spray it and they just they still kill the bug well the bug happens to be a biological organism and a human being is a biological organism so what happens when we consume this wheat in mass quantities the answer is nobody knows and of course nobody will be able to quantify all the illnesses that are associated with this because then it wouldn't be touted as such a huge success and these big corporations wouldn't be able to control the food supply. But what you're seeing here with Ben and his s'mores and no pants is the birth of this genetically modified technology. That's what you're watching. Yeah, I like to look at it. I think I'm looking at the beginning of something that had a great idea great idea but they figure out a way they can make make tons of money and control you know the masses well he even brings up that he wants to help stop suffering everywhere in the world in asia africa and places i mean he specifically it was a noble motive for what he was getting into it for for sure and elizabeth i mean she just her jaw drops yeah and she's sitting there taking all this in and she's thinking, oh, my God, this guy's not... He's trying to save us. Yeah, he's not 
trying to develop ways to destroy crops. He's trying to find ways to increase yield in poor conditions. Right. This would be wonderful for right. Russia. Do you need a, a hand to get down off your soapbox, or do you think you'll be able to get down off of it? I have a little a stair stepper. Oh, okay. I'm, do you? I'm down off. You of got it. a little step. You can. I'm oh, off okay. of it now. But. Well, then we go to commercial. We come back, and Phillips at the est meeting. Yeah, he loves. He's all about <laughs> est. Well, he is in touch with his est side, isn't he? He really is. This est uh, discussion is happens to be about. Uh, parents and children and the barriers between them. And that was kind of interesting because we immediately go into Misha sitting in the rain and the specter of death, also Comes known up, as Gabriel, yeah. is the barrier between. <laughs> yeah, and he plops down beside Misha and Misha's like, hey, wait a minute, you don't look like daddy. And of course, Gabriel says, I know that I'm not the person you were looking for. But let's go somewhere and have a quiet conversation so I can put a bullet in the back of your head. I don't think he was going to do that. I don't either, but that's it's just But kinda, it was scary, and yeah. I think Misha thought he might do that. Misha doesn't know what to think. Misha's in a strange land and knows no one, and he's he's gone through this rigorous process of getting here, and he, he, he follows all the steps, and he gets right to the end, and he calls the number he was given, and he makes contact, and he's given instructions. He follows them, and he turns around, and there's the specter of death sitting beside him, and he doesn't know what the hell has just happened. And, of course, Gabriel says, hey, you can't, don't talk Russian here. You know, just, you talk English, speak English. And, and he uh, doesn't so, speak it very just well. Just a little bit, just a little bit. But he tells him that if he loves Philip, he needs to go away. Yeah, he says, I want to see my dad. He goes, it's impossible. It's impossible here. We'll try to make it happen at some point somewhere. somewhere, and we'll help you get back home. But it's like we said earlier, Misha really doesn't have a lot to go back to. He's got nothing to go back to. Gabriel tells him, you need to forget your your dad. And he said, forget, father? Right. And Gabriel says, not here, and touches his heart. But here for now right you have to forget about this this idea of seeing him here because it would just cause too many tr too many problems well misha looks devastated and gabriel looks uncertain and i'm just couldn't help but wonder what philip's face would look like if he knew this were actually going on well i'm afraid he'll probably end up finding out yeah we oh, don't yeah. know we don't i think the backlash will probably be worse than than what they had expected it would have been to begin with. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, so is it safe to say that Misha is disenchanted? I think Misha is disenchanted. He's disenchanted. So this is the, the episode of disenchantment. Yes, it is. Hmm. Wow. Wow. It really is. Then Elizabeth comes home and she sees Philip. Philip comes up from the laundry room, it looked like, and she tells him, Philip... We had it wrong. And he's like, what? He's about to become disenchanted. He is not happy. He is devastated. They killed that guy in the lab for absolutely nothing. Ben wants to help us. Ben wants to end world hunger, not... Cause it. Right. And, and Philip immediately goes to, so the guy in the lab was just... I mean, for no reason. I know, and Elizabeth just immediately she just goes, "Well, we didn't know." Well, and she's right. They were they were following the mission. They were following their orders, and it was just another day at the Ruski office. But Philip 
he goes to Est and he's in touch with you know his feeling side he's 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 tapped into the the deep deep recesses of of conscience yeah i think elizabeth feels stuff too i don't think she likes it either because she definitely feels stuff for philip she's quick to go back to the to pull in the company line well philip makes some comment about tuan and kind of trolls off and says he's got to go he's got an appointment with tuan and then we go to Oleg, and he's looking at that meeting map that was slipped to him, and he takes it and sticks it under a globe on top of his dresser. Yeah. That's kind of an odd place. Maybe it's just where he's keeping it. But, And then we see him in the dark, smoking a cigarette in front of a fountain, looking around, and, and he, nobody shows. He has no way to know that Stan has already taken care of this. Right. But see, the funny thing is, Stan really doesn't have any way to know that he's his demand has been honored. I'm kind of wondering... What kind of confirmation do we even see or do we know that Stan's going to get? Is he going to be giving any, given any confirmation that, okay, you know, we've, we've backed off Oleg? I don't think he is. I think that was the only exchange they're going to have. And as far as, you know, we know Stan's either satisfied or not satisfied. But what we do know now, since Oleg went to the meeting place and nobody was there, is, is that, that it worked. his warning was heeded. Well, then we see Twan with Philip talking about how Posh's mom got the job. And Philip's sitting there, they're eating McDonald's. Eating Mickey D's, over a billion, sir. Twan is saying that Posh is going to come over this weekend and look better if one of the parents were here. Philip says they can't make it this weekend. And Philip's not himself, either. And about that time, Elizabeth, in a wig, walks in. Yeah, Yeah, she's not going to let him get away. No, no, you can't. You can't walk away. Can't outrun dressed up Elizabeth. Nope. Twan excuses himself, and Elizabeth comes over and sits down. And yeah, he knows something's up. So yeah, yeah, the tension. She tries to talk to him, and he just says that he says what happened to the guy in the lab cannot happen again. But I think he's saying a whole lot more than what happened to the guy in the lab. I think he's saying the misinformation that they're getting, the not truthfulness that the they're same getting. scenario cannot repeat itself. Right, but it kind of is repeating itself at the moment with Misha. I mean, he's. In that situation, he's not getting the full story about something. It's like they're keeping. So it's not the same thing at all. But yeah, I see what you're saying. Elizabeth says that they'll just be more careful, but this is not appeasing to Philip at all. They have this real kind of poignant moment, and he says, you realize this has been really hard for me for a long time, and he stops and he waits on her answer and, there. And she, she, she's aware of that. She knows. And she says, well, maybe next time when we know something like this is coming up, I'll do it. And he says, that's not, that's not it. That's not no. what I mean. Right. It's us. It's us. We're together. Right. If we're, you do it. I've done it. Right. Which was kind of neat. That was kind of neat. And it's kind of true, too. Yeah, they've become a real close couple. A couple of rooski spies. But Gabriel's right. Or Claudia, whichever one said it. Philip is shaky. Philip is shaky, and he's demonstrated that. And... Time and time again, and now he's even more shaky. Yep. And that was the end of this episode. Now, on the next episode, episode... See, we, are, we already know that this is just clickbait. Six. Well, we learned a little bit last week. No, we're not going to learn anything. <laughs> this is called Crossbreed, and I'm assuming we're, it's going to be about the... It's got to be about reference to wheat. The wheat. Yeah. Because they talked about how they were crossbreeding the strongest wheat and the strongest pests and doing the tests and stuff like that with them. In this episode, so that's got to be what that was about. We see Brenda in bed, or Elizabeth in bed with Ben, saying 
And he's saying he feels like there's a whole other side to her. Yeah. He doesn't know, and she's like staring yeah. off in the distance. He's got like, no idea. We see Gabriel telling Philip and Elizabeth that the sinner's concerned about you, not knowing if he's talking about you as a couple or just Philip, but you've seen too much, you've done too much. We see Gabriel walking up to the Lincoln Memorial, which was kind of cool considering he was talking about yeah, President his, Lincoln yeah, here a while back. His admiration of Lincoln. And then we see Stan giving some woman that looks Russian, she's got a headscarf like the Russians are wearing, what he's handing her something. It appears to be like a phone number saying it's a private line and she can call at any time. And we got Adderholt on the other side of her like they do. They kind of ambush yeah, somebody. Muscling in, yeah. So they might have finally gotten some contact somewhere. Yep. I mean, never know. Of course, we'll see next episode. They'll make it clear, but not in the episode clickbait. Well, Gabriel's telling Claudia that he's never lied to them before, and Claudia says that Philip lied to him and that he did the right thing. Yeah, we have so no she's idea trying what to console. She's talking about, so we'll him. be able to see that too. So, do you have anything else you want to say about episode five, Lotus One, Two, Three? Yeah, I hope your audio worked this time. <sighs> Man, I hope our audio works this time. Mm-hmm. Well, we hope you'll connect with us here at Tribal Rant and become part of our Americans podcast. So, Mike, if people want to talk to you about anything we left out or something that they feel like they got different than we got how do they contact Just you call me next week i don't want to talk about this episode anymore. <laughs> it's been a lot of talk about this episode but if you do want to say something nice at mike from tn on twitter and i'm at michelle from tn and also you can find us on facebook at facebook.com slash tribal rant we're on itunes stitcher and tune in so you can subscribe to us there Please like us and rate us if you like what we're doing. And, of course, all this information is on tribalrant.com where you can email us or leave us a message, and we always love to hear from you. So we'll be back with Episode 6 next time, Crossbreed. Crossbreed. And hopefully all of our audio will be worked out, and it'll be one time. Yeah. Record Crossbreed next week. We'll try it out. Okay. See you then.